Good morning, everyone. Hello, my friends. Um, our third candle is lit, uh, the rose-colored candle. Uh, Deacon and I are wearing rose-colored vestments. Um, this alerts you that um, Christmas is upon us and uh, to ready yourselves. Of course, Amazon has alerted you that time is running out, that in one week you will run out of time. Our message is different. You are not running out of time, but you are to prepare for the great celebration of the Nativity of our Lord. And my friends, um, just a quick note before I go into the homily, you're probably hearing um, a little bit of a radio station. The, our sound system has decided to pick up a radio station, and uh, we've called Ted Brown Music, uh, who help us with our sound system. They're coming on Tuesday to eliminate that, we hope. Um, my hope was that if it was going to pick up a radio station, that it would be a Christian rock station or a gospel, but it seems to be a talk radio station. <laughs> so my friends, our first reading, uh, Isaiah, uh, the folks, uh, uh, the, the Israelites are just out of exile, and the prophet is speaking good news to them. My friends, um, Jesus, uh, as he inaugurates his public ministry, will go into a temple and unroll a scroll, and he will read that very reading, and he'll tell the people in probably the shortest homily ever. He reads it, and then he says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing, and then he went and sat down. <laughs> That's Jesus. I don't know how to do stuff like that. St. <laughs> Paul says, indeed, uh, the Lord has has been here, and he's going to return. And in the meantime, do something. And really what he's getting at, in a way, he was saying, be about holiness. Go about doing these things. And it opens with, pray unceasingly. And my friends, uh, uh, some Christians may say, well, that's good for the monks and for the nuns who are in convents and monasteries. They can do that. But Paul says each one of us are to do that. And if you would imitate Christ, your whole life would be a living prayer. So you would pray unceasingly. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you pray. And this Sunday, this third Sunday, there's a focus on John the Baptizer. And John the Baptist uh, had a central role to play in the coming of the Messiah. His role, as put forth in, by today's gospel, is to be a witness he was to be a witness to the light that was coming into the world. John the Baptist proved to be a very courageous and effective witness. He was a strong personality. He was a man of integrity and principle. He did not settle for a life of comfort. He lived neither in a spacious hut nor in a palace, but in a desert. His lifestyle, as well as his integrity, then led uh, credence and authority to the very words he preached. He was then a living example of what he spoke about. And then when his mission was done, the mission that was given to him, he moved aside to make way for the Messiah. And my friends, that takes great humility because he had his own disciples, Paul, uh, John did. And so today, Jesus still desires and needs witnesses. 
Unfortunately, there are still people who will witness faithfully and without concern for cost to themselves. And my friends, you know this. There are Christians throughout this world today that surrender their life in testimony to Jesus Christ. They are executed and murdered because they believe in Jesus, the Messiah. Such folks witness to the light just as truly as John the baptizer did. And so, for all of you hearing me, now it is your turn to testify to the light. For many people in our world today, Christ has become a distant figure. As such, the words of today's gospel are literally true then. There stands one among you whom you do not know nor recognize. And Christ needs then us to witness to people. And he needs witnesses who can do this effectively effectively and compassionately to make him known throughout the world. My friends, uh, we cannot be witnesses to the light if we are living in darkness. My friends, this is different from being perfect. You don't have to be perfect because you cannot be, not on this side of heaven, but you can be holy because of God's grace. But you have to be a child of the light, meaning you have to be living in that light. A good and holy life is a strong witness and is itself the proclamation of the gospel. So my friends, when religious practice, meaning when folks come in here and pray, but when they get outside, they act differently. When religious practice is divorced from practicality in your life, there is an element that is mission, uh, missing. But when religious practice leads to good deeds and holiness and kindness and forgiveness, this becomes a very effective sign and a very effective witness. And no witness reaches others as pers probably as effectively as one who lives their life without suspicion meaning they're not hypocrites. They live life according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and they do it with sincerity and joy. Without the witness of Christians, the face of Christ, which seems already blurred for so many in our time, will continue to be blurred. And my friends, then Jesus continues to stand as a person unknown to them in their hearts, unrecognized. And here's the worst part, meaning they do not experience him and his love. And when that happens, many, many in this world, their hearts remain broken. Many remain imprisoned in darkness. And the good news is not preached to them. In Jesus, the hidden God comes clothed in our humanity. To see him is to see the Father, John 14, 9. 
before the coming of Jesus, for many God seemed very distant and remote and uncaring. But since the coming of Jesus, we who have faith no longer see God as someone remote. We know God as someone who is very close to us, who is concerned about each one of us. Jesus reveals God as a living, compassionate, and forgiving Father. God who is not far away from his people, but who is in their midst. Luke 22, 27. God is deeply interested in each one of you. Jesus reveals a God who is especially close to the weak and the poor and the overburdened. To know God in this way is a cause for joy. This is the joy which is proclaimed by the Gospels and which is announced to us now. And furthermore, the message and the task that each one of us are to give to others. Luke twenty-two twenty-nine. My friends, this task is not for one individual Christian alone, but for the Christian family together. So Jesus sent them out in pairs originally. It's a big task. It's for our whole family to do. So my friends, uh, the past few weeks during the Advent season, I've been focusing on uh, speaking to you about, first, I told you, if we could just see, just for a moment, through the eyes of God, how he sees us, we would change. We would change not only how we view God, but how we view each other and his creation. And things would change drastically. One of the homies I put forth that part of the new evangelization should be where we remind people of their dignity as children of God. And in that homily, I said, what we need to do is part of the new evangelization. We've got to start speaking about the invisible world that Jesus talked about. The kingdom of heaven, the angelic realms, souls, which each person possesses. Each person has one. And in doing so, they have the capacity, not up here, but here to encounter God because he has put the divine within them and it is through the soul that they can know and experience God. So in that message I said we have to learn how to reintroduce them to themselves and in doing so reminding them that they are children of God, children of light and they are loved. And last week I spoke about in our times now, there are many people who feel alone. And we need to reach out and approach them, to let them know they're not alone. Some people are not ready to hear that God loves them in that loneliness. So we go to them first and say, you're not alone. I am here with you. 
And then once they have allowed you to draw in, then you tell them, and by the way, Jesus sent me. <laughs> then they're ready to hear that. Some people can hear that God loves them. Others cannot. But we need to address that loneliness within them because when they're in that dark place where they feel alone and unloved, they do things that cannot be undone. This is one of the reasons why the rate of suicide in our country is so high. We've got to address this and its core problem. And one of the ways you do that is by making sure they're not alone. So reach out. If you know someone who is suffering from loneliness or is alone, reach out. Let them know you are here for them to say, and by the way, Jesus sent me. 